Hey mama, welcome to the Mama Cabinet Making Informed Decisions in Motherhood and Beyond podcast. It's me, Amanda, HVAC mom of three. That's right, sister, three kids, where every day there is never a dull moment and crazy is the new normal up in this house. (laughs) Seeker of truth and a passion for helping other mamas like you discover their potential by providing valuable, informative information on pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, natural lifestyle, and motherhood, all in a Christian perspective. With a lot of laughs, mixed with some witty humor, of course, I will help you discover what your options are, the fruit of those decisions, and what you can accomplish in your motherhood journey with conviction and passion. Whether you're a mom of multiples or just getting started, I'm here to remind you that you were created to do this. You got this, girl. Welcome to the tribe. I am so excited that you are here. So let's get started. Welcome, welcome. I'm so excited that you are here for round two of our chat. I am so excited today to talk about this really awesome topic, which is a total foundational truth on where we will launch from in our process, in our life, and in our journey together. So today we're going to talk about how to make informed decisions why it's important, what it actually means to make an informed decision, and three ways we can make informed decisions and consistently be making informed decisions in our lives. So one thing I want to start off with as well is a verse. And I feel like this verse is totally encapsulating what we will be talking about today. It's a little nugget that we can put in the back of our minds. We can hide it in our hearts. We can chew on it. We can meditate on it throughout this whole chat today is from Proverbs and from chapter 18, verse 15. The heart of the prudent giveth knowledge and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. I know it's King James, so it's a little bit more they, thou, are, and it's so old school, but I just thought that it was so eloquently spoken that I felt like it was super fitting. Let's think about this really quick. How, in your day-to-day and in your life in general, how many decisions do we make? If we can keep a number, we, it would be over and beyond than what we can probably tally up and even remember. But we make thousands and thousands of decisions every day, whether they are thought out, whether they are critical, or they are just on autopilot. And a lot of times when we do the critical and the thoughtful and the well thought out, or a lot of our life changing decisions, our career changes, our, you know, do I want to marry this person or not? Or I'm said yes, I say no. Our parenting things like that, where we put our kids in school, where we don't put our kids in school, how we treat X, Y, and Z, and things like that. The autopilot stuff is more of our repetitive, mundane moments of our life, things that we don't even think about or things that we're constantly doing over and over and over again that it's it's our second nature of doing it. But I think what we also don't, we fail to see a lot is that we make a lot more informed decisions 
than we are aware of. For example, sometimes we we eat stuff and sometimes we don't eat stuff. Not because it, we're on autopilot, but because we are trying to either make a healthy nutritional choice or not a healthy nutritional choice because we understand the nutritional value versus one over the other. Or, you know, an informed decision would be, again, that we make in our lives of why we decide to take a promotion or not because we're under the understanding of what that incorporates if we make that decision. So we decide whether or not we're going to do it or why we go to X, Y, and Z, why we go about it in that way, why we go this way. Even in driving, I, I find this doing in driving, I take certain ways in town that I don't normally would take at certain normally throughout the day, but I take these certain ways to go places sometimes because I know at this time during the day, there's going to be a lot of traffic or it's going to be easier to get down Main Street if I go this way at this time of the day. So that is more of an informed decision. And that's exactly when we make informed decisions, it's having or showing knowledge of a particular subject or situation. And it's based on an understanding of facts of the situation. So being informed, that's exactly what it is showing a knowledge of a particular subject or situation and it's based on an understanding of facts of that situation that's what it means to be informed and because new or unknown facts are often revealed to us at different times in our lives when we make informed decisions it's not always a permanent thing there's always room to change and adjust them, which is why a lot of these decisions come with a cause and an effect, okay? Because we learn from decisions or we learn from our mistakes. I mean, I can tell you my husband and I one time when we were first married, we bought a car and we were just only so folk. We knew we needed the car and we knew we needed a big, a bigger car. And I just remember thinking years later after we bought that car of, man, if I just would have known what this would have entailed fully and if I was under the understanding, I wouldn't have not made that decision. I would have gone with something else. And so, you know, that's, there's a cause and effect. And we see that a lot in our biblical history and before at the creation of man, we see that. God told Adam and Eve, don't drink, don't eat of the tree of good and evil or you will die. And because they did, now we live in a depraved state or, you know, don't touch the fire because you will get burned. And then there you go. Our kids touch the fire on the stove and then they get burned. You know, I mean, heaven forbid that has happened or, you know, will happen at any point of your life. But there is a cause of and an effect. We exercise because we know that it's healthy for us. And we are cardiovascularly healthy because we work out or because we eat in a deficit. The effect is that we lose weight. So there is a cause and effect to some of these decisions. And which is why a lot of these informed decisions and these ones that are, are more methodical and more critical are ones that can actually change the course of our lives. And if you haven't listened to episode one, I highly encourage you to do because I shared with you who I am, where I come from, how, what started all this. And literally, it was one decision. 
I made a decision to contact somebody that I met on a park bench. Not because I knew who they were or because I knew most about them or they had been my family friend for a long time. No, I met one person at one point and I made one decision and it ended up changing a course of my life. And so that's how powerful informed decisions are and that's why it is important that we are informed because it can change the course of our lives. And motherhood is full of making informed decisions. I mean, we make informed decisions for multiple people sometimes. I make informed decisions for my children, my three of my kids, because eldest is five. And so what I choose for them or the path that I help them move along in is going to set a course for their lives. And it's scary to think that sometimes because I'm not all knowing. I don't know really, I can, I'm doing my best. So I'm constantly praying from the Lord, Lord, please give me wisdom and understanding because I have to do these decisions based off of my son, my daughter, my other son, their character and their specific needs. And they all look sometimes the same, but then sometimes they look different. So I have to constantly be asking for wisdom and understanding from the Lord to be able to do that. And we need that. We need the wisdom. We need to understand what those informed decisions, what the pros are, what the cons are, what they are. Are there alternatives? What are the fruits? What are the consequences? What are they? We need to know what those are. So it's important because they can change the course of our lives for the good and for the better. And whatever decision that we make, there is going to be a cause and an effect. And we do this all the time in our families, in our homes, and for ourselves. And this needs to translate into the seasons of our lives that we are pregnant, deciding what type of childbirth experience we want in our postpartum, how we run our homes. So being informed, it's going to take time, it's going to take courage, and it's going to take confidence. And so it's important to be informed, not only because it is our responsibility to ourselves and to our families, but it helps us make the wisest decision based on facts, truth, and information that is presented before us, whether old or new. Because there's a lot of things we don't do nowadays that we did many, many moons ago, many, many ages and centuries ago that were now we're understanding we're a lot better for us and should be a lot better for us now. But then there's some things that we used to do back in the olden days that maybe not so safe. And so hence why we don't do it anymore or why it's maybe not the best decision that we do. But with that to be said, it helps us make a wise decision. And when we make informed decision, we are not to do it as if we are all knowing because that is a form of pride. God hates the proud but gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud and gives grace to the humble is exactly what the verse says in James. And so we need to always be under the understanding that we need to constantly be humbled by the Lord in our informed decisions. And we need to have a sense of humility and compassion in those situations because we are not God. We should not be trying to act or play as God. It's blasphemous. 
And so we need to have humility to understand that God is in control and being informed does not mean that we are going or trying to play God because we will fail if we do that. Ultimately, God is sovereign and we live in a fallen and broken society. Being informed gives you the authority to decide what is best for you and your family and you actually have a right to know what the best decision is even in this fallen and broken, depraved society, what that best decision is. And a lot of times that comes with praying and asking the Lord for wisdom. It also takes other things as well, that God out of his grace and his mercy, and that has been a blessing to us to be able, I mean, I'm just going to say up front, I am not totally against the system. I am so thankful for how technology and the medical realm and information and where we are at in our medicine process in our modern medicine day today. I'm very thankful for that and I praise the Lord that God has allowed us to have those abilities and those tools available to us to be able to use. So I'm not swearing them off and I'm not encouraging you do that as well, but I am encouraging you to seek the Lord, pray for wisdom, but also know that there are available things for you to be able to do to make an informed decision. So how do I do that? How can I be an informed mother or how can I make an informed decision in my current situation? The first one is ask. Ask questions. Why? Because being informed is going to require, again, time, courage, and confidence. You will be required to ask a lot of tough questions. You're going to be asking questions that maybe might ruffle some feathers, that might rub people the wrong way, that might even come off as being annoying or unnecessary to certain people. You will also be challenged. People are going to ask you why you are doing what you are doing, or people are going to ask you, do you want this or do you not want this? And you need to be able to give an answer of yes or no. And I'm not saying that people need to know your business while you're doing what you're doing. Oftentimes, it's really nobody's business because it's not their, you know, legal right to know why you're doing what you're doing. But in there are some cases where you will be asked why you are doing what you're doing. So we need to have grace upon people who are asking those questions. But we also need to know why. Why are we doing what we are doing? Why is my doctor asking me to do this? Why is my son's teacher asking me to do things in this certain way? Why? Like, what's the method behind it? And does it make sense? And is it something that I'm comfortable with? So you have a right to know what your options are, what they look like. Why are they being performed? the pros and the cons to help you decide on how to proceed. Most importantly, the first who you need to be asking what's important or why is yourself. Ask yourself, look yourself in the mirror and say, hey girl, why is this important to you? Why does this, why is this affecting me so much? Or why am I so upset about this decision that is being presented before me? Or what do I really want? What kind of birth experience do I want? What am I looking for when it comes to a pediatrician? What am I, what's important to me when it comes to my children's education? 
you know, why, why is my midwife doing X, Y, and Z? Or what am I looking for in a doula or in a midwife? What am I looking for? You need to ask yourself those questions. That's where you need to start. If you don't even know for yourself what you want, nobody can decide that for you but yourself. You can be the only one to know what do I need? What do I want? What's important to me? Because nobody can make that decision for you. And you can't take on somebody else's importance, desires, and passions. You can't do that. And so you need to pray for wisdom and you need to ask yourself what's important to me. And secondly, the next person you need to be asking is your spouse. If you are married and you have or you have a partner or you need to ask them what's important or anybody who is around you that is going to be impacted by your decision or is going to have to be brought along in the process. I think it's important that you ask those individuals what's important to them. What would really matter to them? Because one, you can't read their minds. And two, you want to love your neighbor as yourself. And you want to ask those questions. Because if you don't, you'll never know. And I'm the type of person that is if, just ask me. If you want to know, just ask me. And I'll tell you. Because I'd rather you ask me. And just by the sake of you asking me, at least you're considering me. I highly, highly encourage that you ask those who are involved in the decision, in the situation, what their thoughts are, how they feel about it, and what would be their suggestion. So be skeptical. Ask all the questions. You might come off a little annoying. I'm a very thoughtful and methodical thinker. I thrive on organization and I actually thrive on being on schedule in a sense of I have this plan, so let me work around this. I'm not so much to the strict, I need to be here at 10 and then 11, I need to be doing this. I'm not so much of that person, but I'm more of like, okay, we have school at 10 a.m. And then from 10 a.m. to, you know, 11, we do school and then 11, we play. And so, or we plan things in our schedule and work around it. That's the type of person that I am. And I thrive on those situations. And sometimes it's a blessing and a curse. So for me, asking questions might come off to people as if I'm trying to be pestering or I'm trying to be annoying, but it's really because I want to be in a full understanding on what's going to happen in that process, what it is, so that I can think on it and figure out if the pros outweigh the cons or the cons outweigh the pros so that I know that what I'm doing is is going to be best for me. And in that process, of course, I pray for wisdom and I pray for understanding. And I do that in my parenting. That's how we function in our home and that's how we run our home. There's always areas that we can grow in that as well. Be skeptical. Ask the questions. If you want evidence, that's okay. I don't mind doing what everybody else is doing, but I want to know why. Why do we do it like that? You know, or that doesn't make sense to me. So help me understand so that I can do it that way. I'm very much that person. And so I don't know if part of that is the rebellious side of me. And if you agree with me and you can, that resonates with you in some way. <laughs> that's awesome. If you want evidence, that's okay. Look for it because it's out there. And especially in a medical setting, it is all Maternity care providers are responsible, I mean, obligated to provide scientific support care. So they have a right to tell you what it is. You even have a right to have it in writing. This includes your medical records. I mean, even past medical records. So if you've had previous births or 
your last birth was not an experience that you wanted or the way that it ended seems a little fishy to you, you have a right to those medical records and you have a right to know what they were and what they are. And anything that your healthcare provider is asking you to do, especially in regards to your childbirth experience, you have the right to know what the scientific evidence of is and to ask for it. And of course, what they provide for you is what they provide for you, but I encourage you to do more research beyond what they are giving you as well because it's out there. And you want to also look at it from different perspectives in order to be able to make an informed decision or the wisest decision for yourself and for your family. And you also, in that sense too, have a right for a second opinion. I can't even tell you how many times when I was in the hospital with my son, my first son, how many times I asked for a second opinion. They just there could have been a chance where he wouldn't have been able to have, you know, skin to skin contact at first. And I asked for like a second opinion so many times because I was like, well, if he's not like aggressively breathing, I should be able to have that. Or can you guys do suction like while he's on me? And I really fought for it because that was important to me. And having a second opinion is also my right as well. And you might ruffle some feathers, you might go against the grain, it might not be super traditional, and it might not be super convenient for people to provide that for you, and it might not be what your mama did, what your daddy's doing, what your bald-headed granny did. You have a right to know, and I think asking is the most, one of the first foundational things that we need to be doing, asking the right questions, asking whoever you can, and asking Google. (laughs) at this point. If you can't get it from your healthcare provider, asking mentor coaches and things like that. When we're asking though too, we have to be willing to listen. That's one thing that I want to encourage you in this asking process, this first process of being informed. Be willing to listen. I always try to tell my children, I need you to be in the place of receiving because receiving instruction, receiving knowledge and wisdom receiving. I need you to be in the place of receiving. And we talk about this a lot in school because I know my son, he's very, my son is very smart, very, very smart, but he gets to a point sometimes in school. And I think a lot of homeschool moms feel my pain sometimes where they just don't want help, but it's a new thing that they're learning, but they, they want to, they just want to do it. But it's like, but you don't know how. And so I want to teach you. And so when he gets like that, where he gets prideful or defensive or starts to shut me out and push me away when it's my duty and my job to provide him the directions or the knowledge that it comes with accomplishing a task, I stop him and I say, son, be in a place of receiving. And that as adults, we need to sometimes be in the place of receiving when it comes to asking questions. And this is something that I always try to go along with people is I can usually tell when somebody's trying to pick a fight with me or trying to come off as defensive because immediately when they approach me to ask me something about a certain topic, I don't discredit myself from what I know. But at the same time, I know right away my first first indication is that they're just not in the place of receiving, that I'm hitting this wall with them and they're just playing almost like the devil advocate on purpose. And to me, that's so frustrating and it's so discouraging to me because I'm like, listen, you came to me and you asked me 
And so I'm sharing with you what I know. And so it came to a point, sometimes I would tell certain people when they would ask me questions, I'd be like, okay, well, do you really want to know? Because if you don't, then I'm not going to tell you. But if you do, then let's be in the place of receiving. So when you're asking, be humble, always being willing to listen because information is always changing. Research is always improving. It's always evolving, sometimes even for the better and sometimes even for the worse. It's always doing that. So always being in a place of receiving. And I have tons of clients who tell me, I just didn't know. I didn't even know to ask. I didn't even know. I just thought that that was just how they did things. But they were more regretful about not asking and not asking the right questions or wondering why they were doing what they were doing. And there's this quote that I think is so fitting for now, but it's curiosity kills the cat. And this proverb actually has two parts to it. And the first part is a warning of the dangers of unnecessary investigation or experimentation. Is it unnecessary for you to ask questions? Yes or no? Probably not. Is it dangerous to maybe even look into other options that you don't even know that are available to you? Maybe, maybe not. But the second part of this proverb is satisfaction brought it back, meaning it shows that the risk might be worth it. Is it going to be worth asking? Is it worth seeking? Yes, because at least you know, you'll know where you can proceed from there. So again, first point, of being informed consistently and learning how to be informed and learning how to be informed throughout your process of being a mother and through your pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, how you run your home is asking. Secondly, educate, 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 educate. Okay, there are multiple, multiple tools out there available for us And in my birth story, I shared that I went down swinging when I ended up being transferred from home birth to the hospital. And I meant that by saying I was educated and it freaked people out. I mean, I had multiple OBs coming in talking to me as if, well, you need to do this and we encourage you to do this. And I got second opinion, second opinion. And I had one OB in particular who came in and said, listen, I know what you're doing. I know that you are educated where a lot of moms, especially first time moms are not as educated as you are. And so she's like, I understand, but this is why your situation is different. So she helped me understand that. But at the same time, she knew that. And so I went down swinging on that. So, but it was because I was educated. So educated, educated, educated. And knowledge is power and it brings confidence and it brings conviction. Knowledge is out there, you guys. We just need to look for it. And there are tools available for us to go ahead and go get it. This would include books, research different studies, look into systematic reviews, randomized controlled trials, relevant research to your situation. So if you're a VBAC, Look into research that has to do in regards to VBAC and why they require certain requirements or what would qualify you to have a successful or maybe might be a little too risky for you as a VBAC in order to do it. Or current events that have impacted your family and yourself. So things that are going on with the COVID. So many rules and regulations are happening with that. But most importantly, out of all of that, you need to know what your rights are. Educate yourself. What are your rights? 
research hospitals, birth centers, policies, state your state policies. I know some states, it is an outlaw for midwives outside of a hospital and medical setting to perform midwifery care, where there are other states where it's totally permitted and it's totally legal. So find out what your state policies are, are in regards to whatever birth setting or birth experience you want and the requirements and the regulations for them. In those hospital and birth center, find out what you can and can't do, their track record, their history, what their mindset is. This is something that we need to look into when we're looking for pediatricians, teachers, coaches, tutors, anything that has to do with our children when it comes to schooling, things like that, house cleaners. I mean, what is their mindset? What type of products are they using? Or pediatricians, are they on the same mindset as us? Maybe not have completely what we want exactly, but it's pretty close to it. So as well as interview midwives, doulas, and OBs. So make sure it's a right fit or there's a common ground. So again, first point, we're going to ask questions. Secondly, we're going to educate, educate, educate. And lastly, our third point is we're going to, now that we've asked all the questions, we've educated ourselves, we've gone through all the tools, we've gathered up all of the information for us to be able to proceed, we know our rights, now the next thing for us is to have support it's time to find support. This support may be a spouse. And I think that one is like number one on support for me because my husband was a huge support throughout my process and is one of my main supporters throughout my motherhood and personal journey. But they matter too. And I think it's important, again, to find out where they at, where they're coming from, what they want from this experience and what they value as an individual and how they want to proceed in this journey with you. I think that's very important. So we need to get them on board as much as we can and as much as they are allowing us to get them on board. They matter. They need to be in on the process with us as well. So friends, mentor, coaches, uh, other family members, midwives, OBs, and doulas. There are people out there who can support you and who can cheer you on, comfort, and encourage, and bring so much more knowledge that we can possibly not even have found on our own or can just confirm our thinking or our curiosity or even our conviction. So I thought this was a really cool quote and I think can be applied to motherhood as well. Every pregnancy, labor, and birth is different, but one thing is constant. Every birthing person needs support and that's from spinning babies and they produce so much material out there that is so good and is so encouraging and is so educational I encourage you to check them out but it can be applied to motherhood because we just we need support we need to be part of a community and we need to bring together people in our community who are like-minded and who can help us and support us because Different parts of our bodies do not function on their own. We were not created to do this life alone. And that's why we have people in our fellowship who are there. We have friends. We surround our people with different other other individuals to help and come alongside us. And when we don't have people in that community and that fellowship, it's lonely. 
So it's important that we have that support in those ways as well. So if you don't have a community, I encourage you to try to get connected to one. With that to say, when we are picking people to be a part of our community or we're joining a community, we need to find people who will ride with us, not be driving the same car as us, or someone who will try to put their hands on our steering wheel. We need somebody and people who will tell us when our churn is coming up but not make that churn for us. We don't want people who are exactly like us. We want people who are different because motherhood is not a one size fits all and we can learn from each other and we do not all run our households the same way and we can always grow and encourage one another. So I want to encourage you to seek out a community and people, yes, have a common ground with you but not be exactly like you as well. So just talk to other moms and just remember everybody is different. Everybody functions different, multiple different personalities. So just be open, be willing to listen. And if you disagree with them, that's okay too. We don't have to agree with everything and we don't have to convince people that what we are doing is the right thing. It's not our job to convert people and it's not our job to convince people. It's our job just to provide information to people and the rest is up to the Lord. We are not in control of converting somebody's or for them to be just as passionate as we are or just as just as good as a parent that we think that we are doing something the same way. We That's not our job. That's totally the Lord and that's a work that God has to do in them and for them. Because God is ultimately the only one who can bring knowledge to us. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit and that is the gift that God gives alone. And we just need to share the information that's there. If we, again, disagree with them or agree with them, then that's fine too. With all that to say, three ways that we can be informed and consistently informed is one, ask questions. Ask yourself what's important, what you want from this experience or how you want to do things or change things in your home or proceed as a mother. Ask your spouse, ask anybody else who's going to be affected by your decisions and who's going to be brought along in the journey with you. Secondly, educate, educate. There are tools out there for us to be educated, to know the evidence is out there, knowledge is out there. We need to just ask for it and we need to also seek it. So we need to put the work in doing it. And then lastly is support. We need to have support. We need to be part of a community. We need to have people in our lives who will support us and who will not control us as well and not make decisions for us, but provide information, tools, the comfort and encouragement to us when we set on a course or when we decide to change directions that are not harming ourselves or harming our families. And ultimately, with all of this and to end, is that we need to pray for wisdom in throughout the process and that the Lord would guard our hearts and our minds, that we would proceed to encourage and to love our neighbor as ourselves. I hope that you are encouraged and that we will join together on our next episode. Hi again, before I let you go and we part ways, if anything from this episode has been encouraging and is resonating with you, please do not hesitate to leave an iTunes review at the end of this episode. 
or share a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media because not only do I love hearing from you, but I love helping and encouraging other mamas just like you. And who knows, maybe next time I will give you a huge shout out on our next episode. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive notifications on when our next chat is going to be, so you do not miss out on any valuable, informative information in regards to our next topic. Until next time, grace and peace to you, my dear friend. Okay, bye!